Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, and Hummel's Wharf. Our play by play call of the day. Bucknell wins at the wire. Back up top to Brown, over to Moore. Deep left corner. Here's a three by McKenzie. Quite a call, isn't it? Outstanding. Doug Birdsong with the call on the Bucknell Bison Radio Network. I was thinking, of the, I was thinking of the hook line of uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. Did I ever tell you you're my hero? <laughs> <laughs> well, Buter was at the game. I should have te- I, I should have texted him last night. I, I, I just said because I figured Alice was driving. So it's like uh, you're you're not in the car right now, are you? I, I'm hoping you're still in the building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buner stays to the end. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's always there. He stays to the end. What a great, great win for them! I, but again, they're in that spot where everybody—they're going to be the biggest game on everyone's schedule until they get to the NCAA's, and then it's big for both teams. Now they're obviously going to have to win the Patriot to get there. It's not going to be a two-bit conference, so. Come down the stretch. You want to clinch the number one seed. You want to get that part done first because obviously playing in that place is is a plus. But you're going to get everybody's best shot. They got Lehigh's best shot. They got Colgate's best shot. Split those two games, and you're they'll be at a point where <laughs> there's going to be a, a, you need a well timed three game winning streak. Um to get there because you can't split any of those games. I don't know if it's back to football, but I remember what Joe Susan told us, just the way the league is set up. And I think it crosses over into basketball, too, just with the, uh, the athletic talent that is spread out throughout all the teams in the league. You just never know. Right. You just never know. Could, right. There could be a series of plays or a, a specific run or two of each game that that, that could flip the whole outcome. Well, what's happened is, and this has been now well established for decades, so this is not uh, something that's new, but ever since in FBS football, they went to 85 scholarships. And ever since men's basketball was knocked down to 13 scholarships, the wealth has been spread all over the place where everybody has players. Everybody has players. Alabama got knocked down a bit. Sanctions did that. Now under Saban, they bounced back. Clemson's been able to climb up to get to the top of the mountain. Penn State was pushed back a bit uh, with the sanctions. Now they've bounced back among the elite. Ohio State had sanctions, too, got pushed back. Now they've bounced back. USC got sanctioned. They've, they've been able to bounce back. Um, you know, And then 
there are some other schools, for example, Tennessee, which has had nothing, and Texas, which has had nothing. They've had people coming in to get talent all around them, and they become better than they are. And it's not like in the old days of the Bud Wilkinson days. Bud Wilkinson had 150 guys on scholarship at Oklahoma in the 50s. Well, now those 150, well, now a little bit of an issue here. 65 of them are now going to other schools. Because they used to have seven different teams at Oklahoma. You could be seventh team under Bud Wilkinson at Oklahoma. Seventh. And and now, if, you know, the way it is now, you get to a fourth team. Yeah. Okay. With guys that are redshirting or walk-ons. Okay. But that's the way it used to be. Now the talent is spread across the landscape, even if it was 100 scholarships, that's 15 guys per Power 5 school that would now be available. And let's just spread it out over five classes. That's three extra guys each year that are not going to your school that may have been there in years gone by. Same thing in men's basketball. It's two per school that are playing someplace else. So you take 65 Power 5 schools, okay, and you multiply that times two, that's 130 guys who are not playing at Power 5 schools that are now playing at mid-majors. See how the, so see how the distribution of talent changes across the board in both football and in men's basketball. And that's what's made it... Uh, I think made a big difference in what Joe Susan talked about, that there's been a leveling out. I give Alabama credit for the dominance it's had. But again, remember, too, Nick Saban will be the first to tell you about all the close games they played this year. They had to win in overtime in the national championship. To their credit, they did. They lost to Auburn in the last regular season game. Uh, you know, so... Um, they had a couple tight ones along the way that you have to win because there is at least more of a spread out talent. You've got all these schools in the NCAA now in basketball where the talent's all over the place. That's why March Madness, uh, uh, how we talk about, oh, you know, the little guy. Well, the little guy in March Madness, it's a little bit different now because the, you know, the little guy has talent too. Maybe a guy that, one guy that would have gone to Iowa State, and one guy that might have gone to the University of Iowa back when scholarships were 15, now are going to Northern Iowa. Or maybe they both ended up going to Illinois, and then a couple of guys that Illinois was going to get ended up going to Northern Iowa. Something. That's how the talent has been spread out over time. You're not going to tell me that Stephen Brown... I'll tell you right now, you look at the 65 Power 5 schools. There are a lot of them who want to have Stephen Brown playing point guard for them. I'll tell you right now, I'll, I'll tell you a team right away that he would help in the Big Ten. That's the team coming here on Thursday night, Ohio State. You're like, well, how can he help Ohio State? Ohio State has done a 
marvelous job this year of winning without a true point guard. C.J. Jackson's had to play point guard. Jay Sean Tate's had to play some point guard this year. You know, they, you know, Andrew Dockage has played some point guard for him this year. See, a guy like Stephen Brown, if he's at Ohio State, would I mean, he'd be starting. I think he'd be a fulcrum for them. So that's where your talent is spread out all over the place in the country now. And not only that, but you have so many different rules on grad transfers, one-and-dones that are happening all over the place, early entries into the draft, college football. I mean, under the, you know, let's face it, let's go back 30 years. Saquon Barkley doesn't go to the NFL 30 years ago. He can't. Rule wasn't in place between the NFL and the Players Association about being out of school three years. 30 years ago, he stays at Penn State. He's coming back for his senior year. Rule back in 30 years ago is you had to have your degree and then you could enter the NFL draft early. That's how Todd Blackledge and Mike Munchak entered the NFL draft. They graduated and that opened the door for them to get into the draft. So rules have changed over time and the rules have, have caused turnover. And he's absolutely right. You've got a lot of people now that are uh, spread out talent-wise all over the place. So Colgate had guys last night that went out and they played Bucknell. They played him tight, played him hard. Guess what? Nathan Davis has fine a job as he has done recruiting and coaching and so forth. He'd be the first to tell you that the difference between the teams in the league is not that great. Because everybody's got somebody. Confirmation received by Bob Euner stayed for the whole game last night, as per expected by you. Well, of course he did. That's that's kind of guy Buner is. Mm-hmm. Dick Dick from Milton stayed the entire time. I can tell you that he right sure now. Sure did. I mean, I, I mean, don't even need to guess on that one. Yeah. Suit left with ten minutes to go. I mean, it's like everybody's got their you know. I could have sworn he was in Catawissa last night. Yeah. Uh, did the chief talk at all last night? Uh, to be honest with you, I was not tuned in for the game. I got right home, flipped uh, Bucknell on, and then, uh, and since uh, Chelsea was in the U.K. on Monday, their version of Monday Night Football, then I went right into watching Chelsea and West Brom last night. Yeah, I... Uh, Zero Olympics in the Kerry Casa last night. Went right from basketball to Premier League. Uh, I watched some of the downhill last night. Oh, it was part of the Nordic combined. No, not the Nordic combined. It was just the combined, which is downhill and, and slalom. Uh, I watched some of the downhill last night. Confirmation so from the suit. Dave did talk a lot last night, contrary to popular belief. So the suit was at the Bucknell game. <laughs> All right, so we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us, Mike DeCourcy, in the final half hour. Penn State and Ohio State coming up on Thursday night. Nathan Davis is going to join us on Friday. He's going to join us from the road on Friday. And uh, Dave Redson is going to join us on Thursday from BTN. 
and Dave seems to be doing a lot better as time goes. Uh, I don't think a lot. Dave is, Dave's been very open about this, so I'm not talking out of turn here. Uh, but Dave had an attack of Bell's palsy, of all things, uh, and you know, he's talked about it on TV. So it's not. It's and I'm not speaking out of turn here. I'd never do that. But jeez, but t- typical. If you know Dave. Dave is a perfectionist about the work, and Dave is a worker. I mean, I'm talking. It takes a it takes a lot to keep him from going out and eating up valuable innings. It's not pitchers and catchers reported, huh? Gotta love that. You can't see. All right, I'm loving it. All right, way to go. Week uh, from Friday. The 23rd. Yeah. I hear we're going to have the Phillies on that Friday afternoon starting our third consecutive year. And the Phillies back on WKOK. Yeah, I love the fact that we carry that. That's, I think that's great. I, I do. I think that is, you know, the fact we carry Phillies baseball. It's a huge, huge I deal. believe this year for them, the regular season starts March 29th, a little earlier than normal. There at you least, go. At least for the Phillies. Yeah, that's good. It's very good. Yeah. So sometimes you hear with the with these teams and the seasons they're in and so forth, but they ever cut back on a regular season and it's hard for them to look at a regular season and say, you know what, let's, let's cut it back to 154 games. I mean, you're going to look at them and say, hey, look, you're going to lose four dates? Because you're going to eight games there, so it's four home, four away. Right? Now, here's the next part. You'll love this part. Just to let you know what the Pirates think of their season. There is a Frank Sheeran concert scheduled at PNC Park the day of the National League one-game playoff. <laughs> yep, that doesn't say it all. Nothing does. <laughs> wonder what their over-under for wins could be this year for the Buckos. Like maybe, where would you set the over-under at? 72. 72. 72? 72. Okay. I was thinking 74. Yeah, 72. It's not like they don't have guys that can play. They do. Yeah, I think Nova's a good pitcher. I think Polanco, obviously, a good player. You know, Harrison, they still have him. He's a good player. I think Josh Bell's going to be a really good player as time goes. And I thought teams love to have Josh Bell. You know, Cervelli's good. It's not like they don't have good players. They just don't have enough of them. And again, you would feel perfectly fine dealing McCutcheon, who two years ago slumped. I mean, there's no getting around it. McCutcheon slumped two years ago. Last year, he bounced back had a nice year. But you would have felt exponentially more comfortable, if not completely comfortable, dealing McCutcheon for prospects if Marte hadn't run into his problem. Because the Marte that came back after an 80-game suspension and kept testing clean uh, also had no power. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Nada. 
makes you just sit back and go, hmm. You never know. But yeah, we'll be talking a lot about that as this time goes. We'll be talking a lot about that. And also on Thursday, Matt Leon from Philadelphia, Neil Kulong will be on the show Thursday, along with Dave Repson. So, how did uh, how did our guys with Shickle and me do last night? All right, or I will look that up. My goodness, I'm. Well, I don't know, because normally when they win, the soup buys a billboard on Highway 15. <laughs> 65-62, Braves last night. Ah, very nice. Good win. All right. Very good. Pretty much led uh, all the way. 18-9 after the first, 35-27 at the half, up four after the third, and mm. cruising 65-62 last night uh, on the road. Uh, Kevin did tell me uh, their next game won't be uh, now until a week from Friday. No, oh, okay. Good. A little right. bit of a break. Very good. Well, okay. Uh, a little bit of a break. Nice. Yep. Uh, the Heartland Athletic Conference will have their tournament, uh, their their uh, uh, semifinals and finals coming up this Wednesday and Friday night, and they will be in Sunbury uh, in the Field House. And you'll be able to see the. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm not sure if it's going to be live, but uh, both Kevin and uh, Matt Catrillo, you'll be able to see them on uh, SECBA. They'll have coverage of the uh, girls' championship and uh, boys' championship. Oh. Those games play Friday night, right. so you can mm-hmm. check SECBA for the uh, broadcast times for that. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, my understanding is that even at a drive-through on the way home, the suit won't let Dave talk. Hey, what was that? <laughs> A little tight, though, last night. There could have been a crazy uh, play-by-play call of the day from Catawissa there. Actually, the, uh, Kevin says uh, Braves had to hold them off with four seconds to go last night. Do we have that crazy call? I uh, do not. Well, we ought to be able to get our hands on it. Right? And Mike DeCourcy's coming. I'm sure Mike would love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, no. If I if I had access to the computer that I normally work uh, with, that's here, right. they, yeah, yeah, I'm, we I'm we have a little. Of, yeah. Yes, we are. A, but luckily, it's not. Uh, luckily, it's not. Uh, I'm on a. I'm on a different. Uh, have, we're having a little bit of a hard drive problem. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's everybody knows. It's. I mean, nobody would know because Sean's run the show so efficiently. Uh, but yeah, we're having a little bit of a hard drive problem. Yeah. We're, that getting, we're getting. We're getting through. It's all good. No, we're doing just fine. We're doing yeah. just fine. Doing just fine. We'll talk to Mike here in just a few moments. The first year of this show, I would be in panic and heart attack mode. I mean, we're talking about Rock Red for Healthy Hearts with Evan. I mean, I would be, I'd be looking for the brown paper bag. But, but uh, now heading into my third full year with you, it's like I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, okay. How would Steve, uh, you know, deal with this? It's like, I'm just, you know, <laughs> deep breath. It's all good. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> I'm sort of a calm sort. Uh, uh. <laughs> Namaste. It's your middle name. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were in Ireland and they couldn't get they couldn't get it to work. What the hard drive there too? I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. I'm <laughs> like, I mean, like, like I would know. 
Does this go here? <laughs> Does this plug in here? Really? Okay, that's me. Red to red, uh, black right. to black. And like, I said, like jumper cables. <laughs> and, and Jack looks at me and he says, do you think we're going to be on the air? I says, eh, we'll be all right. Don't worry about it. He goes, your heart rate's always 45, isn't it? I said, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I can fix it. <laughs> That's what Snoop said. <laughs> no, I just think it's because he doesn't want to. <laughs> Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And all kidding aside with Mark and Joe McGranahan when it comes to arguing on the show, Mark's going to have a guest on tomorrow that talks about the signs a woman should look at as to whether she's having a heart attack or not. And it's something that not only women should listen to it, but men should listen to it as well because the signs are different. And it's a really important show he's going to have tomorrow. Uh, today's show, our show, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf. It is always a pleasure to talk to an old friend that uh, knows as much about college basketball as anybody out there, as well as a wide variety of other things, too, and that's Mike DeCourcy. Mike, welcome back. It's always great to hear you again. Hi, Steve. It's great to talk to you, Mike. Let's uh, let's get. I'll, I'll get to the Big Ten in a moment. Um, but as we know, with the NBA Players Association, one and done has been there, and one and done's been used well by the Kentuckys and the Dukes and others along the way. Do, should we read anything into it that so many teams that are currently perceived as being among the better teams or the older teams this year? Should we read anything more into it, or is it just this particular season? Well, I think for one, it's 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 this particular season at this particular point. Um, you know, I think that uh, we still don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, we've seen that uh, some of those veteran teams uh, have, for instance, Virginia was a, was was a loser at home to Virginia Tech, and uh, we saw um, Villanova lose, albeit with two starters down or two regulars down, uh, to St. John's. Uh, so we don't know how it's going to play out in the end. Maybe Duke wins it. Uh, I don't think Kentucky will, uh, but maybe Duke does. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but I don't think that we can ever draw broad conclusions from it other than those conclusions some people want to draw, and those who are opposed to the concept of the age limit rule will use whatever. Hey, believe me, they'll make stuff up. So if they can just use the facts of this, this in this particular year, we have uh, a lot of really good veteran teams. If they can use that, they'll do that. I mean, because they don't have to make that up. They can just misinterpret it. Right. Yeah, and you notice the way I asked the question. I left it very open-ended. There was no opinion in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, you know, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know where I don't you know. stand on it. I mean... Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, my my my, I I think I I wrote an article about a month ago or so about the, the about the age limit rule and the, the one and done, whatever you want to call it. And I pointed out that the biggest problem with the rule is that the public discourse about it has been ruled by lies from the very beginning, uh, stuff that's just flat made up, uh, or, uh, you know, or exaggerated. 
such as they don't go to class in the second semester. They just go one term and then leave. Well, it's happened. It also can happen for senior players. There's nothing stopping it. Or a junior player who thinks he's going to the draft. It could happen for anybody. Um, so, so there's that. And, but the reality is that the teams that have used it the most, Kentucky and Duke, have no, chance, have no choice but for their players to finish the, the, the school year, uh, at least in vast majority, because if they didn't, it would damage their programs. The, the academic progress rate punishes you if that player doesn't finish the term. And if you have enough of that, then eventually you're losing scholarships and practice opportunities and maybe even your tournament bid. So it's not true, but it's still out there, and it still gets repeated over and over again. Well, I'll give you at least a part of my opinion on this, and it's only, it's only part, but I, I've felt over the years, and it's interesting because somebody asked me at a, at a basketball club luncheon about Nebraska today, and I said they give Tim Miles a lot of credit that he's been able to take transfers like Copeland, Palmer, Gill, and he's been able to make them into a team. And I said, that's where Krzyzewski and Calipari do not get a lot of credit with the turnover they've had to take young players, convince them this is how you play defense, convince them that this is how you talk on the floor. I said, they don't get enough credit for how they construct teams and get a team bonding situation going where everybody just thinks it's all talent and they just roll the ball and go. Oh, absolutely, Steve. And that's that's been true for for John for the entire time he's been at Kentucky because his first team had three, four such players, uh, Daniel Orton being the fourth. It wasn't a huge part of their rotation but was on the team. And they, and they otherwise had Bledsoe and Wall and, and Cousins who all left after the year. And then they've, you know, they've had several such players on most of their team since. And he has done a, a, a terrific job of getting those players to blend. And he's struggling with that now in part because he, the players aren't quite as talented. Uh, they aren't, there, there isn't a John Wall or a, a, a Anthony Davis in that group or a Carl Towns. Uh, and so it's, it's a struggle because they can't out-talent their way through some games uh, through some difficult games so that they can get a comfort level and get some confidence and get some uh, excitement about their program. They have to really fight in every game because they've got very good players, don't get me wrong, but they don't have anybody that's extraordinary. And so that becomes an issue for them. But, they, but So this one's been a little bit more of an endeavor, but it, it, the fact that it is an endeavor shows you how great he did with the other teams. That's right. Exactly right. Exactly right. I want to get to Ohio State. That will be next for Penn State, obviously, coming up on Thursday night. They've been able to win at home convincingly over Michigan State, and then they had that great win where they rallied and beat Purdue at Mackey. What are the elements that's allowed Chris Holtman's team to be this good at this stage? I think, first of all, they've got a great player. Uh, and Kata Bates-Diop is tremendous. I, I think I just saw him projected in one of the big mock drafts, and I hate mock drafts, but, uh, but yeah. there are points to may, be may, drawn from them from time to time, and I think he was probably around the last five picks in the first round, and I just laugh. I mean, there's no way in the world, there's no way if Kata goes after this year that there are 25 better prospects than him. There's, it's not possible. Because I've seen him play almost every game this year. And he does things that ordinary players don't do. And I will That's give you right. a perfect example. The Purdue game, 
uh, you guys had a game that night because I listened to you guys on the way to the game, so I'm not sure how much you got to see of it. But Dakota Mathias was phenomenal defending Kata. Just didn't give him any room at all. Didn't let him breathe. And Kata still scored 18 points, and I think he was nine for 18 from the floor, or something like that. Or it, it, whatever it was, it was he was he was 50-50 from the floor, 50 percent. So, and and one of the plays, uh, he 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 went into the post, and and Dakota was right in his chest. And I can't remember who it was that flipped him a half, sort of a half alley-oop pass. It wasn't above the rim, but it was a little below the rim. And Kata went up and just tipped it over his, over his head and into the bucket. It was a ridiculous play, but it's what great players, I mean, great players, great scorers do. And he's also a very good defender for a guy who's a scorer. He's not an elite athlete, so I get that he's not a lottery pick, but that guy's going to make a lot of money and play a long time in the NBA. And so they've got the star. And then they've got incredible leadership on court from Jay Sean Tate. That guy is an absolute warrior. And a year ago, he was young, young or younger, so he, he wasn't, you know, they had seniors on their team, so it was hard for him to lead. They didn't have enough weapons. They didn't have Kata because he was hurt. And so Jay Sean had to do things he wasn't really capable of doing, and he didn't get to do the thing he does best, which is lead. Now he leads. And they basically say, okay, Jason, you do these things well. Offensive rebounding, driving the ball to the, to the rim if you can get to your left hand. Um, you know, occasionally if, it, you know, if you're wide open, go ahead and shoot it, but it's not a priority. And they, so they confine him to do the things he does. And you add, all, you add that together with the very good point guard play from CJ, and you've got a terrific team. Yeah. And. I, you know, I, I've been one of the things that's impressive to me. I was at the Purdue game, and they didn't play well. I mean, they really didn't. Purdue played worse, but Ohio State didn't play well, and they still won on the road because they. And part of the reason they didn't play well was because Purdue Purdue played awful offensively. But like I said, they still battled on the defensive end, and eventually Ohio State just willed their way to that. And that's, you know, that's a sign of somebody that's got something special. It doesn't mean they're going to make the Final Four or anything like that, but they've got a special character about that team. And, and I, like I said, I think it starts on the floor with Jay Sean and obviously off the floor with a terrific coaching staff led by Chris Holtman. Who's done a great job because you and I both know CJ is not a natural point guard out there. And I think to do this without a natural point guard I think tells you something about buy-in, but also tells you something about the structure of how they do things to make sure they get the most out of the spot. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think he may not be a natural, he may not have great vision and that sort of stuff, but he doesn't make mistakes. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a smart player. Uh, he's a good open shooter. So, I mean, the way they play, especially with a guy like Kata, doesn't demand that they have great setups. You know, that, that you know, Kata can get his own stuff. Jason drives the ball, like I said. It's amazing to me how anybody ever lets him have his left hand, but they can't seem to take it away. Uh, you know, you don't. You've got, uh, you know, inside Wesson, uh, Caleb Wesson is. You know, if you can just make a simple entry pass to him, he's got a chance. <laughs> and 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 I think CJ's done a really good job of 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 working on that. Uh, so that so that he so that he's capable of doing it, and that, you know, like I said, uh, others are skilled offensive players. Jayshon is not a great shooter, but he's an excellent passer. So what CJ doesn't do in terms of feeding the post, 
uh, you can have Jayshon do. I'll tell you, Jayshon had a play in Saturday's game when we had it on our air um, where he drove the baseline and uh, on the right side. So he's driving against his natural hand and went out behind the goal floated across and threw a rip right-handed pass right to a shooter. Can't remember who made the shot, but it was ridiculous. I mean, that kind of stuff is happening now. They have great confidence. Yeah, there's certain players that fall into that X-factor category, at least to me, and I'll, I'll throw three names out. X-factor guys that make people around them better. Dakota Mathias, I've always said Jay Sean Tate, Josh Reeves. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I remember, I still, I don't remember who they were playing at the time, but I remember the first time I saw Josh play for Penn State, like my, you know, like the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I mean, I knew right away that he was special because he, do, he does all the things that make a player good. And I, I, I knew right away, and I started talking about him. Like, I, I adopted him that day uh, in the green room up at, uh, at BTN because I just think he – and he's continued to escalate his athleticism and his skill level since then. Back then it was, you know, a guy who really knew how to help his team as a freshman, and now it's continued to escalate to where he can really, he can really handle, pass, shoot. Uh, he's terrific, and you know it, it's no coincidence that they go one and three while he's absent, and four and one when he's back. It's going to be very interesting to see what they can do with the games they have remaining down the stretch. Yeah, because uh, I know in a football sense, we talk about how Saquon Barkley can make a team better, but I've always told everybody that I thought Trace McSorley was the one guy that made Barkley better. Tony Carr makes a team better. Josh Reeves is the one guy that makes Tony Carr better. You're 100% right, because when, when he was out, and it was, it, you know, Tony has had to learn um, how to play with other good players, basically. Uh, and that's been, you know, it's been an effort at, at times. I mean, uh, he has, you know, he, he knows he's gifted, and he is. So at, at times, he's relied too much on his own gifts. And when Josh is around, that takes some of the playmaking pressure off of Tony. Uh, and so I think Tony plays more naturally when he's around. I think you, you, you absolutely hit it right on the head. We, we, you can see that since, since he's been back, since Josh has been back, uh, Tony's play has not just, you know, it's not just been more effective, but it's been more intelligent. I mean, he's played the game the way you want him to play. You know, I, I, I said back, way back in, I don't know, it was November, December, when he had a great game. I can't remember against who, but he had, he had one of those games where he put the right numbers in the right columns. And I said, this, this guy right here, he can play in the NBA. The 29 shot Tony Carr is not going to play in the NBA. Right. But that guy, the one that's been playing those last six games, five games, and the one that I talked about back in November, he absolutely is a pro. All right, which then brings it to see a an opportunity like this for Penn State this late. They, they, look, there's ter certain teams that do things at different times during the course of program development. Look what Nebraska is doing right now. But you know, you've seen this for a long time to see Penn State play a game of this relevance later in the year against a really good Ohio State team. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I'm excited. You know, and I it, it, and it, I mean, they already have one against the Buckeyes. Obviously, if they could get a sweep, one they redefine the league race. Uh, because they put uh, the Buckeyes back in the first-place tie uh, in the loss column uh, with the other two contenders, Michigan State and Purdue. Uh, but uh, obviously it's a huge step forward for, 
for the for the Nittany Lions. But if they don't get it, they have other opportunities. That's that's what makes the the stretch run fascinating for them. You know, we we looked at this at the beginning of February uh, when we were uh, in the studio at BTN, and I think we had both Penn State and Nebraska on our air that day. And the the dif- disparity between the two team schedules is remarkable. And if you were trying to win the league, which probably neither team can do. Um, you would say, oh, boy, give me Nebraska schedule because I, I don't have to play hardly any of the good teams. And But if you want to get to the tournament, you've got Penn State schedule, which had so many of them. So now that that's right where we are. It's it, we're four, I think, four games left for both teams, and Penn State's going to be climbing a mountain almost every night, and, uh, and Nebraska's going to be surfing in the sunshine. But uh, Nebraska can't get any more quality wins, and they don't have enough. I mean, they may have enough to get in, but they don't have enough to feel good about it. And Penn State can continue. If they continue to win, they can get the kind of wins that get you into the tournament. Mike, it is always a pleasure. You know that. We don't talk often enough, and I appreciate the time as always, my friend. Oh, always a pleasure, Steve. Look forward to seeing you in New York in a few weeks. The outstanding Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News, BTN. U.S. Basketball Writers Association Hall of Famer. Deservedly so. We will come back, wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merce family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us. Last night on, or excuse me, Friday night on News Radio 1070 WKOK, Shikalimi had a dramatic game, and then last night at Eagle 107, Bucknell had a dramatic game. So let's hear the two esteemed play-by-play announcers for each program with their dramatic calls. Okay, which one do you want first? Let's go in chronological order. Let's go Friday night. Okay. Driving in and a shot, and it's good. Good by Rice with no time. Here's Pilford with a shot. And he got it! Lucas Pilford just hit it! He hit it before the buzzer! Shikolami wins! 59-57! Unbelievable! Great call. Like that. No, no, no. Go back to that because, I mean, listen to it. The first guy hit it, there was no time. Mmm. Okay. Uh, well, 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 I mean, listen to the front end again. Driving in yeah. and a shot, and it's good. Good by Rice with no time. Here's Pilford with a shot. Oh. And he got it. Lucas Pilford just hit it. I thought that, uh, he hit it before no, the no buzzer. Shikolami wins. 
59-57. Unbelievable. So was there two seconds now, left now, or point two? Now, now, now two doesn't seconds. mean there was no time to make the shot or was it no time because the game was over? No time to make the shot or no time because the game was over? No, I didn't think there was time to make the shot. He didn't think there was time to make the shot. So you quit on them? <laughs> you quit on your own team? You gave up? Oh. All right, well, let's go with somebody who was stuck with his team to the very end. Doug Birdsong. Back up top to Brown. Over to Moore. Deep left corner. Here's a three by McKenzie. That's a guy that doesn't give up on his team. I mean, you're like, oh, that game's over. It's done. He says Doug's call is better. Well, He's conceded. Now, yeah, but the, now, now Kevin's call at the end is outstanding. Oh, so let's edit out the part where he gives up. And let's, <laughs> let's go with the part. The no time part. All right. Yeah, I mean, so we'll edit out the part where he thinks the game's over. It's like you have right. the power to turn back time. <laughs> right. And through the power of on-air editing, let's just use the really good part. <laughs> okay? Now listen to the really good part and how, how well done this is. Well, I can't go in and edit out the no time part. I'd, I'd take a little bit to do that. Well, all right, play it all back again. Maybe the music will, like, music. Oh, out yeah, the, the music killed it out. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh. I had it. Sorry about that. Oh, all right. Well, keep the music playing. That's fine. Oh. Stay by uh, the orchestra. No, I was trying to do it in such a way where we got rid of the part where you got up and left the building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, I had no. Kevin's call in the same tray where the band comes in to finish the show and. I mean, the Shemokin Dam Orchestra, I mean, look, they're union. They'll get paid anyway. They will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just hang here for the next 15 seconds. Look, two great two great calls. We're privileged to air both of them on the Sunbury Broadcasting uh, Family Station. And more great two local great. sports tonight. Steve Williams yeah. has wrestling tonight. Two great calls. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.